You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films of the Criterion Collection streaming video service, The Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. In these monthly follow-up episodes, my guests and I offer a few recommendations for films that fit the month's theme and are available on other streaming services. Dave Eves, frequent contributor to great podcasts such as Wrong Reel, Film Baby Film, Criterion Now, and Just the Discs, joins me to continue our conversation about family matters. Stay with us. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, make sure to check out The Robert Taylor Odyssey, a blog written by Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor takes you along for a journey into his cinematic obsessions, from the Criterion Collection and Film Noir to the films of Akira Kurosawa and the American Film Institute's Top 100. Find out more at therobertaylorodyssey.wordpress.com. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. I'm here once again with Dave Eves, frequent contributor to Criterion Now, Film Baby Film, Wrong Reel, and Just the Discs. Dave, thank you so much for continuing our conversation on family dramas. Thank you for having me back. It means that I did something good the first time I was here. That's right. That's right. For these follow-up episodes, we're going to talk about a few films that are on streaming services other than the Criterion channel that fit in with the month's theme. Dave and I already talked about some of the films about family that are currently streaming on the Criterion channel, so now we're going to talk about a few other films that fit the theme that are currently streaming on other services. Before we dive into our films, Dave, I just wanted to chat a little bit about what some of the other services are that you use regularly. What do you do with your streaming time and money? Oh my goodness, I have so many of them. I have Shudder. I sometimes forget that I have Shudder, but I have it. I have Amazon Prime. (laughs) I have Hulu. I have Netflix. I have Disney Plus now. There's so many different services out there, but it's like FOMO, fear of missing out. I don't want to be missing a streaming service, especially if there's a new hit movie or something that everyone's talking about that I want to be well immersed in. So I keep them all sticking around and I check them out all pretty frequently as well. I have a very strict viewing rotation that I was using before I started the podcast. And I would try to jump between my physical media and then alternating between all the different streaming services that I had Mm -hmm. to make sure that I would use all of the streaming services that I had. I figure as long as I watch one thing from each service a month, then it's worth the price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's some months I don't watch anything and some months I watch nothing but that service for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, what is your first film on another streaming service that you want to talk about about family? So the first one I want to talk about, this is pretty current eventy right now, I guess, because it's a fairly new release from Netflix, who, in my opinion, knocked it out of the park with two of the best films this year being on their service, even though they did get some limited theatrical releases first. I want to talk about Noah Bumbach's 2019 film Marriage Story, which I actually just watched mm. yesterday, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Now, Noah Bumbach is a little bit of a hit-or-miss filmmaker for me. He's made some really great films. He's made some that I've been less interested in. He certainly kind of masters that very, I guess you could call it dark humor in a sense, that can sometimes feel a little standoffish, a little bit of maybe asshole cinema, I guess you could call it, because his characters are very often jerks. 
But with Marriage Story, I kind of feel pretty deeply for both Adam Driver's character and Scarlett Johansson's. They both seem like very well-rounded, very real people who were at one point very much in love with each other. But by the time that we've kind of started the story, that love has run out and now they are trying to go through a separation as amicably as possible while trying not to hamper the life of their son too much. But of course, this becomes very difficult. These are both very artistic people. Scarlett Johansson's character is an actress who has been doing work in New York on the stage, who is trying to get back into work in L.A. as a film and television actress, whereas Adam Driver's character is a New York playwright director by nature. So they have been living their life for the past 10 years within New York, where he directs her in shows. And now they are trying to reconcile what to be done with their divorce as well as what to be done with their son while being 3,000 miles apart. And as someone who's never gone through a divorce, I was not a child of divorce. This all seemed like pretty virgin territory for me. I obviously knew that divorces can be bad. I'm sure maybe to some people who have been through the process or saw it firsthand as a child, they might think that this could be a little bit pulling its punches or pretty standard, pretty par for the course. For me, it felt like a pretty devastating experience Mm. watching this relationship break down between these two people that clearly still do care for one another, although it may not be the romantic relationship it once was, where they're trying so hard not to hurt one another while still hurting one another in the same process. Definitely, in my opinion, feels Bergman-esque in times. There are a lot of references to his divorce story, Scenes from a Marriage, which is equally, if probably not more devastating in itself, but this definitely follows on its coattails very well. It's a worthy follow-up, worthy double feature. And of course, a big theme within Noah Bumbach's work is jealousy. I can't help but think that there's some aspect of this that might be pulled from the fact that his partner Greta Gerwig saw such great success with Lady Bird just a few years Mm -hmm. ago. I kind of see a little bit of a through line there, although I'm sure a big piece of this comes from his own divorce from... Jennifer Jason Lee, because Noah Bumbach and Jennifer Jason Lee were married. They did go through a divorce. I know a lot of the actors brought their own experiences to it. Scarlett Johansson was going through one at the time of filming. I believe she's been divorced twice. Laura Dern, who plays her attorney, had also gone through a divorce. And I believe they had both used the same divorce attorney, which they used as a basis for her own character. So there's a lot of raw emotional power being brought to this from each of the performers in the actual story itself. And I know that by the time that they had cast, the story itself had not been fully solidified. The screenplay was still kind of in process and work. So you can tell that this is very emotionally raw for everyone. And not to get into Oscar conjecture, but I would not be too surprised if this does fairly well in the award circuit, especially for Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. This is one that once it was announced and once it started making the rounds at the film festivals that I am very excited to see. I'm glad that Netflix has given Bound Back a home. My wife and I watched The Squid and the Whale a few years ago, and it was her first introduction into Baumbach's films, and she really connected with that film. We have really been enjoying working through his filmography in little chunks. Actually, on our anniversary vacation a couple of years ago, watched the Meyerowitz stories, which we both really enjoyed and really connected to. And this is one that I am sure that we will watch shortly as well. Adam Driver is one of those actors who is just knocking out of the park with the directors he's working with. He is really making some very smart choices. And I am very eager to see this film. I'm glad you talked about this one today. I figured it would fit the bill. I guess we're yeah. both, when we think of family matters, we both think of like, what's the worst, what's the worst family situation? <laughs> That's kind of the impotence for film. Why talk about like a happy thing when you can talk about a sad exactly. thing? You want to talk about conflict. People want to see conflict. Exactly. Exactly. 
every once in a while, you know, we have some some happy family stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought about talking about the Muppets Christmas Carol. But, Ooh, you know, that's one of my yeah. favorites. It's a good one. It's a good one. Well, my first film is a film that I saw about a year ago. It's called Jen, and it is by a first-time filmmaker, Nigella Mukmin, directed in 2018, and it's streaming currently on Amazon Prime. It is set in L.A., and it's the story of Summer, who is a high school senior, and she's having to navigate a new relationship with her mother. Her mother's recently divorced and is beginning a journey towards a conversion to Islam. And this new relationship with faith puts the mother-daughter relationship in a very different dynamic. The film treats religion seriously, which I really appreciated. The conversion of Summer's mother is honest. It's believable. The discrimination she faces at work feels really believable as well. I think that anytime you have a parent who has such a drastic change in their life, the rules that change for the child, what is and what isn't acceptable, that can create some really interesting conflicts. It can leave a child feeling uncertain as to what is and what isn't acceptable anymore. Both characters are at really pivotal transitional moments in their life. Summer is getting ready to go to college. She's received a dance scholarship, and suddenly dance might not be acceptable in her mother's new faith community. So the real emotional heart of this feels really honest and really true. Over time, Summer finds some real beauty in the faith community. We understand why both women are drawn into this community. But at the same time, the film doesn't really shy away from the repressive aspects of this particular Muslim community. The imam there is shaming of summer, and there's a rigidity of female roles. But then it's also contrasted by some of the more open and progressive members of the community. So I think we get a really full and a really nuanced portrait of the Muslim community in America and the shifting dynamics within a family when one person undergoes this type of significant change. Mukmin has this really gorgeous loose camera style and it captures the warmth of LA. There's kind of a lyricism to her camera work that fits with Summer's free spirit and the dance nature of her passion. It's one of three films recently which explore young women in Muslim communities who are wrestling with familial expectations. There was Ava, which is an Iranian film directed by Sadaf Farugi, which is streaming on Amazon Prime, and Hala, which is directed by Minal Beg, which is streaming on Apple TV+. And all three are directed by female filmmakers. All three are really compelling and really interesting looks at the ways in which young women are navigating their roles in these patriarchal societies. And I would just highly recommend all three of these films. So you see how I did that with my own show? I got to work in two extra recommendations there. It's your show. You can do as you wish. It's well done. And I'm probably going to check out all three. They're all really interesting. I think it's really exciting to see filmmakers from these communities. They all have something really interesting to say. Very nice. Dave, let's talk a little bit about film number two. I'm excited for this one. Yes, I figured you would since we are talking about some darker films about Family Matters. I wanted to kind of keep that through line through. I mean, what darker situation can you think of than a child being left on their own during this time of year where you want to have the warmth of your family around you, a child trying to fend for themselves, and to make matters worse, they're being pursued by two criminals that have nothing but the worst intentions for the child. This is the independent classic 1990 Chris Columbus's Home Alone, now streaming on the new streaming service Disney+, Plus, obviously starring the great child actor Macaulay Culkin 
this is a great exploration of. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was I, I was impressed by that. <laughs> I tried to see how far I could go before I broke character there. But no, uh, it's it's a great exploration of a child who feels like the black sheep within his family gets blamed for everything going on until he makes that fateful wish that I wish my family would just disappear. And through happenstance and coincidence gets just that when they accidentally leave for vacation without him. He is obviously left alone for several days, learns that he is perhaps a bit more adequate to take care of himself than he thought, but ultimately in the end wishes he still had his family with him as he's being pursued by Joe Pesci, now starring also in Netflix's The Irishman, and Daniel Stern as bumbling burglars that have eyed his house as the silver tuna, the one to hit. But he thwarts them because he is home. Had he not been home alone this whole time, the family would have come back from Paris to find that it had been ransacked and they'd have nothing left. So he truly saved the day. And one observation I do want to make here, I'm sure that many of the listeners have seen this film in the past. This is a favorite of mine. I can't really go through a Christmas season without watching it. It fully does embody that kind of 90s Christmas attitude. I do think that this is a time of year where everyone does turn very greatly to nostalgia. I think nostalgia perhaps is being marketed Mm -hmm. a little bit too much by some of the companies out there, certainly not Disney at all. (laughs) But there's something to be said about being able to experience a movie like this again and again and again, because it does bring back those warm, fuzzy memories of being a kid and watching it and of being a kid at Christmas time. Some things you might not have noticed when you were a kid. Kevin McAllister does live in a nightmare Christmas house where all of the wallpaper is Christmas-themed, obviously. Even though this is a wealthy family in the <laughs> Chicago suburbs, I don't think they have the money to re-wallpaper their house every month. But literally, everything in their house is red and green. Everything is Christmas-themed. So for them, it's Christmas all year round. It doesn't surprise me too much that they like to leave for Christmas and get some other exposure because they do it twice, at least twice. Yeah. Yeah. when he gets lost in New York for the second adventure. Also, streaming on Disney+. And, you know, this ties us into our very first follow-up episode in which John Lobinger and I discussed the classic Chud. The famous out-of-print criterion. Yes, yes. And the fact that that also featured John Hurd and Daniel Stern, and we believe is maybe part of a Home Alone expanded universe. Oh, maybe as a prequel to Home Alone. Now, I want to try to create a fan theory that ties Joe Pesci's character from Home Alone to Joe Pesci's character from The Irishman. I think that would be a good theory. I don't know if you have seen the horror film from a few years ago called Your Next. I have. I like to think of Your Next as an adult version of Home Alone, where many of the same things that Kevin McAllister does to prevent the intruders from getting into the home, the female protagonist of Your Next uses, but <laughs> to much more devastating effects. Yes. I enjoy that quite a bit, actually. Yes. Home Alone is fun. I remember seeing that in theaters as a kid, and it's a delightful film. It really is. Well, my second film, in keeping with my dark, melancholy spirit, is not a delightful film. It's good. It's very good. It is Dennis Doe's Funan, released this year, and it is now streaming on Hoopla, which is one of the library streaming services like Canopy. It is a film from G-Kids, which I honestly think is doing some of the best work in animation right now. They're releasing some really, really unique and really interesting pieces of animation from around the world, and this is no exception. This is an absolutely gorgeous and heartbreaking film about one family's experience in Cambodia during the Khmer Rouge. 
it follows Chu, a woman who we're going to follow through much of the film. And she's separated from her son and grandmother as the family is forcibly evacuated and sent from labor camp to labor camp at the beginning of the Khmer Rouge. With each move, we lose more family members, whether it's due to malnutrition, sickness, execution. Each loss gets harder and harder for us as the audience to bear. It is just absolutely heartbreaking. And through it all, Chu is determined to do whatever it takes to find her son and to flee Cambodia and escape to Thailand. The animation is just stunning. The film is overwhelmingly sad, but there are moments that are just so breathtakingly beautiful. And the entire film is just deeply moving. I happened to be traveling for work and was in Portland, Oregon at the same time as the Portland International Film Festival. And this just happened to be playing and I decided to go see it. And I am so glad I did. It was one of those happy coincidences. And I was just blown away and moved to tears. Dennis Doe, the director, he based this film on a combination of research into the Khmer Rouge and the memories of his own mother. It is really fantastic and streaming for free on Hoopla if your library subscribes to that service. If not, it is also available to rent on just about every streaming rental platform as well. So this is one that I would highly recommend checking out. I'm definitely adding that to my watch list. I agree that G-Kids has been doing a lot of great work. One of their newer releases that I really want to check out, since I did mention Boonwell before, is Boonwell and the Labyrinth of Turtles. I was going to try to catch that when it was in theaters, but I feel like it had a pretty short run in Philadelphia. But I just think it's such a cool concept for an animated film to kind of chronicle this moment in the life of a famous director. Yeah. I continue to be blown away by the type of projects that they are releasing. I think it's giving animators some freedom to really push the boundaries of what type of animated work is getting done. And I kind of think that that's just really the arena, not just for animation, but for film itself. We kind of live in in this day and age, especially with streaming services like Netflix, like the Criterion Channel. Filmmakers can kind of break the mold of what's traditionally seen, like look at The Irishman, three and a half hours, it probably would not have gotten a very wide audience in theaters because of its length. But if you can watch it in the comfort of your own home, you can do a lot more things. And I think we're kind of at the precipice of a huge change coming out where the way we digest films has changed. Another way that films can be made for those new environments will catch up and follow suit. And I think it's a really exciting time to be a cinephile, honestly. Oh, yeah. I feel like we have it. You know, there are things that we are still going to have to hunt down and track down, but oh my goodness, with the Criterion Channel and things like Ovid TV, Mubi, the number of streaming services that are out there that can cater to all the different niches. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Between the streaming services and the boutique labels, we are in a golden age of access for film. But I still want more. (laughs) I totally agree with you. Spoiled. Spoiled rotten. I know. I know. And I still haven't caught up with the Criterion films that I just got in from Barnes & Noble. Same. Now that I am Blu-ray complete, I have a very large back catalog that I really need to start going back through to justify getting to this point. Yes. Yes. If you're looking for four more films about family, then that's four titles to catch during this holiday season on other streaming services. Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach on Netflix. Jin by Nigella Mukmin on Amazon Prime, Home Alone by Chris Columbus on Disney Plus, and Funan by Dennis Doe on Hoopla. 
Dave, once again, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. Very happy to be a guest on your fine podcast. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Cinema versus Dave. That is Cinema vs. Dave. Same handle for Letterboxd. And I mill about on the Criterion Facebook groups as well. You will see me occasionally pop up there. Great. And again, I just want to thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Agreed. Thank you so much for having me. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing on our home network, CriterionCast.com, and our new website, CinemaCocktail.com. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at CriterionChannelSurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is now a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener supported, so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. We'd like to thank all of our generous Patreon supporters. I really appreciate all of your support. Next month on the Criterion Channel Surfing Podcast, my guest and I will sit down to discuss police stories. Stories of crime and justice to kick off the new year. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.